we're, we're going to talk about the table. Can you? What? I know, crazy, just kind of going way off, right? Um, no, we're going to talk about the table, but you know, we've been talking a lot about the table in terms of like um, the, the Lord's table, the, the table of victory, and we're going to take a little bit of a turn and talk about the family table. We're going to talk about an, the actual literal family table, the literal dinner table that we come to, um, hopefully often. And, and that's one of the things I want to, want to talk to you about is, is the benefits of, of coming to the family table and why it's so important for us to, to come to the family table together. Now, if you guys are, um, have heard me talk about family at all, um, then you'll know when, when I'm talking about family, I'm not just talking about mom and dad and two kids and just kind of that picture that we have in our mind when we hear the word family. Sometimes we restrict that to just our biological family or the people that we live with. And, and that certainly is part of it, right? But, but I believe the Lord wants, to, uh, wants us to expand that a little bit. And so when I'm talking about the family today, table today, I'm going to be talking about who are those people in your life that are, are, are significant. They're the people that you, that you do life with. They're the people you have history with. They're the people that you trust. And, and um, so that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the family table. So I don't want to throw that, that to throw anybody off. Um, and think, oh, he's talking about people that have kids or people that, you know, especially since we just did the baby dedication. Um, certainly is a big part of it, but, um, but not restricted to that. And so as we talk through it, I want you to think about, uh, let, let that be in your mind. Let, let it really hit home for you as we talk about this of who is my family? Um, who are those people that I do life with? Um, so as we talk about the family table, we're, we're actually kind of redigging an ancient well here, aren't we? I mean, coming to the dinner table um, kind of isn't very common, sadly, in our culture. Our culture is, it, it's kind of been covered up with busyness. The family table has kind of been covered up with, um, with our, our current busy culture. Um, I was looking up some stats this week. The average American only has about three dinners a week with their family. That's really low, isn't it? Only about three dinners a week. Um, some of you are like thinking, wow, I wish I had dinner with my family three times a week, right? I mean, I'm, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that sometimes this week, uh, this, this year. Like, it's been, it's been a busy season. But, um, but yeah, it's three, three, uh, three dinners a week. That's kind of average. And then the typical family dinner only lasts about 15 to 30 minutes. <clears throat> yeah, so that's really, that's really low. So it's not about just coming to the table. Do we want to switch? Would that be better? Yeah. Do, is that good? Would that be better? All right. I like to use my hands, though. Oh, I can do it. I can still do it. Oh, that does sound better, doesn't it? I can use my feet? Okay. Um, I feel like I'm in Branson when I do something like that. Um, so it's not just about coming to the table, but it's about staying at the table. And it's about staying engaged at the table, too. Um, you know, we, Kim and I went to Chili's on a date last night, and I couldn't find a seat in the booth where I wasn't looking at a TV. I'm easily distracted. I need that. But I couldn't find one, and so you're constantly battling that that pressure to be pulled away from the table. And not just that screen, but the little screens that we carry around in our pockets, Right. We're constantly being pulled away from the table, um, either physically or, or mentally and, and, and connection-wise. 
So what used to be natural in, in our society really has, has become um, really countercultural. And having, having dinner with your whole family, whatever that means to you, is, is, is a little bit countercultural. Um, but it's so needed, isn't it? There's so many different studies, and I, I was thinking about talking about all those, but there's so many different studies, even like scientifically and statistically, how good it is to, to have dinner with your family on a regular basis. Like kids do better in school. They're more emotionally stable. Like we're, we're more emotionally stable. We're, we're physically healthier, right, when we, when we, have, together, when we have dinner together. Um, but it's not just, it's not just statistics and science that tell us that, right? The Lord wants us to come to the table. And we've been talking a lot about that, of course. But the Lord has, has since ancient times, all, all through the Old Testament, um, he was inviting his people to come to the table through the feasts and the festivals that he instituted. Um, and then, you know, a big part of our, our table groups, even, even when they were microchurch, this was a big part in Acts 2.46, says they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And so the, the very first Christians, this was a big part of their lives, was having dinner together at the table. Um, it, it, was, it was important. It's important. Bec- we, we know it's important because we can see the benefits of it, but it's important because the Lord just values it. And we want to value what the Lord values. Um, all kinds of verses. Romans 12, 13, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. Jesus inviting his disciples to come and eat breakfast in John 21. Uh, Jesus going to Matthew's table and eating with the tax collectors in Luke 5. Luke 7, he's eating with the Pharisees. Um, and then Revelation um, Revelation 3.20 says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And, you know, of course, we know that this is maybe more of the symbolic side of the table. Um, but how many of you guys know, I mean, Revelation talks about a wedding feast. And I think that's real. I think when we, when we go to heaven, we're going to be sitting at a big old table with some great food. Guys, we've never had this kind of food before. I am so excited. We've never had conversations like we've had around this table that we're going to sit at. I'm wondering how long we're going to sit there because I only get up from the table because I'm full or my rear end is tired from sitting. It's not because I'm not enjoying You know, it's like we might sit there for the first million years just sitting at the table enjoying the feast with the Lord and with each other. And so I'm super excited about that. Um, and then on through the rest of Scripture, you know, Luke, we've talked a lot, too, about the Emmaus Road and, and how the guys on the Emmaus Road, they were, they were walking along with Jesus, and they said, hey, will you come and stay with us? And so he went in and stayed with them, and when he was at the table with them, he took the bread and he gave thanks. He broke it, and he began to give it to them. And then what happened? Their eyes were opened. They saw Jesus at the table. Jesus is revealed at the table. And, and he invites us to come to it. Um, then in Luke 19, this is, this is a familiar passage, especially if you grew up in church. You probably sang the song about a wee little man. What was his name? 
Zacchaeus. He was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree because who did he want to see? He wanted to see the Lord. Absolutely. And then what happened? Jesus comes by and what did he say to him? I'm going to your house today. I just had this really funny thought. What if, what if I ran out to, to Steve's car and I knocked on it and I was like, hey, Steve, I'm coming to your house today. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a cultural thing. I mean, maybe, maybe that would be okay, you know, with friendships, you know, we can, we can do that. But just coming up to someone who's kind of a stranger, I, I don't know. It's probably a cultural thing that, that was acceptable in that time. But what I found interesting was Jesus didn't wait for an invitation. He decided, he decided I'm going to be the one to, to be the inviter. I'm not waiting for an invitation. And, and I think that, that this, is, this is what the Lord is telling us to do. He's saying, don't wait for an invitation. And a lot of times we do that, don't we? We look around and, and we see this friendship happening, that friendship happening, and we, and we feel bad and we're like, man, I wish I had family. I wish I had connection. And I, I think the Lord is just empowering us today to say, don't wait for an invitation. Be the invitation. Be the inviter. Because you have something to offer. This is what I want to say, and this is what I want you to, to grab hold of this morning. Is there, God has put something inside of you to offer to others that is valuable, that is precious, and, and so don't wait for an invitation, but be the inviter. So as we, as we go along today, the, the thing that I want to talk about is what are the good things that happen at the table? What are those good things? Why, why does the Lord tell us to come to the table? Why, why is it so beneficial to us? We see the results of it in our health and in, in our emotional state and all of these things. But what is so good um, practically that happens and, and it, meaningful conversation happens at the table. And, and you might call that discipleship. It's a big part of discipleship, I think, is that meaningful conversation that happens around the table. Um, as, we, as we gather together, you know, we, we start off usually, hey, how was your day? What happened? But we're taking the time to sit and look at each other face to face. And we're, we slow down, and gosh, we need that, don't we? We need something, something different to come in and, and say, hey, slow down, sit down, and let's look at each other in the face. And, and, and just talk about our day. Just start by talking about our day. And we, we, we'll share problems. Hey, man, this is going on. This has been hard. Um, we share victories with each other. We share testimonies. This is something amazing. I, I, we, we, we got to have a family dinner on Friday night with, with all the kids. All of our kids came over, and, um, and we, we were sharing some different things. Man, I, I was able to, you know, start talking to this guy at work who's not a believer, and it was really good. And, you know, that's inspiring, you know? It doesn't just inspire the other people at the table, but as, you're, as you say a testimony, I don't know, maybe I'm, it's just me, I get more inspired by my own testimonies, <laughs> you know? I'm like... Yeah, it's because it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I actually am doing it. I'm actually um, pressing into the Lord and pressing in for, for good things. Um, but, you know, practical training and equipping happens at the table, too, doesn't it? Um, I, I think back, and it, of course, it's not just with parents and kids, but 
That's just kind of where, where my brain goes to sometimes. If I can remember sitting at the table and just simply talking to our kids about finances, you know? Guys, that's discipleship. Jesus talked a little bit about money, didn't he? He was relating it to the kingdom, of course. But um, it's an important subject. Um, and, and so I can remember, you know, lots of conversations around. Um, we, had a, we had a rule, $5, five days. And it was just this thing of if you want something for $5, you have to wait for five days before you buy it, you know, even if you're using your own money. And, and so just practical Practical things like that, I think, are so important for us to, to be with each other in. Like, I need that. I need that now. You know, I, I sit and I have lunch sometimes with, with Steve and Marcy, and, and I feel fathered and equipped um, in really practical ways after, after sitting at the table with them. Um, and, of course, relationships, you know, Lots of, lots of practical things in terms of relationships happen around the table. A lot of times it's conflict right here. But like I was saying before, sometimes we, we, we're going so fast we don't slow down and just sit and look at each other in the face. We don't even know we have a problem until we slow down and sit and look at each other and say, Oh, I've kind of been holding the, holding the grudge. I've kind of been holding some offense in my heart and I didn't know. And, and now we get an opportunity to deal with it. Because we actually took the time to stop and talk with each other and look at each other. Um, so lots of, lots of discipleship happens at the table. It's so good. Um, just a, a quick sidebar about, about discipleship. Um, I, I believe there's an as-you-go discipleship and a face-to-face -face discipleship. And I think both are really important. Um, Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7 says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down. Sorry, I just did this PowerPoint this morning. When you lie down, not like down, and when you get up. Um, <laughs> so so there's the, the sit, sit at home. That's that face-to-face -face discipleship, to sit at the table with somebody and have these meaningful conversations and they're so important, guys. Um, but there is, and I, and I, I don't, uh, I'm not diminishing at all the as-you-go discipleship. Super important. It's that hands-on job train, on-the-job training kind of thing, right? Where we get to model for each other how we live our lives before the Lord. Super powerful. But I, I think what, what gets neglected probably a little more is the sit-down, at least in our culture, is the sit-down type of of connection because we just get too busy and and we we need to slow down and have the face-to-face -face discipleship and then one other thing I want to mention about this just specifically for parents is that when you lie down guys it's a super great opportunity to disciple your kids and and I know we're tired <laughs> we, we get to the end of our day and we're super tired but you've got a captive audience you know and, and when, when you're laying those kids down and they're asking all kinds of questions, it's really a great time for discipleship. And, and so prepare your hearts for that, you know? The rest of us don't get the opportunity. I don't have any kids that I, I'm putting to bed anymore. Um, 17 is not, not appropriate um, to tuck him in, you know, unless he's elf. Um, so... I, I don't get that opportunity, but we do get the opportunity to sit at the table face-to-face -face and have 
beautiful discipleship happening. Um, next thing great that happens at a table is creating a safe space, creating a place of, of, of connection, a place of belonging, a place of identity. And um, I, I, all week long, I've, I've just had this picture in my, my head as I've thought about this particular aspect, and I've, I've just pictured this little boy coming home from like kindergarten or something, and he's just distraught. He's just so sad. And, he's, and he sits down at the table, and, and his mom brings him some milk and cookies, and she's just sitting with him, and, and he's like comforted by that. It's a safe place for him. She didn't have to say anything. She didn't have to try to fix or do anything. Just sitting at the table. That's all it took. I have a safe place at the table. I have a safe place here. And, you know, the, the mom is offering a listening ear. She's allowing the child to be vulnerable and just share. And um, it's a beautiful thing. And, and stopping to take the time, too. That's huge. Just stopping to take time with another person and sit at the table with them is massive. Um, we build history together at the table. And that's what helps create that sense of belonging and being known. Like, that's what we're created for, right? God created us to know and to be known. To, to know and be known by him, but also with each other, right? What, what's the, the two commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. It's... It's, it's a part of that fulfilling that commandment is, is to create a place of, of, of belonging and connectedness to know and to be known. Um, we, we, we love to celebrate. We love to have fun in our family. And um, so we'll play games together. We do a lot of stuff together. We celebrate. We love to have celebrate our birthdays and, and Christmas and all the holidays, right? Um, I mean, that's, that's what the Israelites did too, right? They had all their feasts and festivals. And that's part of, part of what the Lord's plan, I believe, was. I'm sure that there are other specific things that he was accomplishing through all of that. But a big part of it, I think, was to just create a sense of belonging. When he says, um, I'm the Lord your God, I'm the God you know, of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's like, oh, I belong, I belong somewhere, right? And so to create that on, that on that smaller family scale is super important, too, to have that place of belonging. We're developing a, an identity and a connectedness through those, through those times together. Um, <clears throat> the other thing I wanted to, wanted to say is this is to sit at the table with somebody is actually a sign of endorsement and acceptance of that person. It's a sign of, it, it, it's, you're assigning value to that person simply by sitting with them. And when you, when you look in Luke 5.30, it says, But the Pharisees and, their, teacher, and the, their teachers of religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with such scum? That's the NLT. I don't know what the NASB says, but NLT says scum. But, um... The Pharisees understood this concept. Jesus is sitting at the table with these people. And by doing that, he's actually endorsing who they are and, and valuing them. 
Now, we know he wasn't, he wasn't endorsing their sin. He wasn't endorsing the, 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 tax, the improper tax collection that was going on or endorsing the, um, what the prostitutes were doing or any of that. But he was endorsing the person. He was valuing the person simply by sitting at the table with them. You're important. Now, here's what's beautiful, guys, is we have the power to value someone like that simply by sitting at a table with them. Isn't that amazing? Like, I think we, I think we undervalue that ability that we, we have is to just simply sit at the table with somebody and say, you are a valuable person. That's awesome. I love it. Man, we're, we're cooking along here. This is good. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get through half the message, and, you know, no, this is good. Um, last thing I want to talk about, really, is uh, as far as what good happens at the table is it's a place of connection and encounter with Jesus. And it's, an, it's a connection and an encounter with Jesus with other people. And that's, that's kind of what I want to draw out as we talk about this. But, you know, as, as we sit at the table, we, uh, what's the first thing that you think of when, when you sit down at the table? If you grew, grew up as a, in the church, you grew up as a Christian, what do you do? When you sit down, we pray, right? As soon as you sit down, it's built into our, our Christian culture. And, you know, of course, if you just treat that as a, as a tradition and something you just have to get through, then, yeah, that's not healthy. That's not great. But I see it as an invitation to encounter. I see that as an invitation to have an encounter with Jesus with everybody at the table. And it's built in. It's built in. It's, it's automatic. I mean, I would say probably 90% of us in the room, when we sit down, we at least have the thought at some point, let's pray. It's built in. That is such a great thing. I think that's what's great about coming to the table is it reminds us to have an encounter with Jesus together and to stop and to just breathe and to thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this food that's on my plate. It brings us back to what's really valuable. It brings us back to him. And, and it opens our eyes, you know, just like, just like the guys on the Emmaus Road. When Jesus, when, when, we, when we choose to sit with Jesus at the table, he will break the bread. He will open our eyes. And we will have an encounter with, with him at the table. Um, but we're not having that encounter alone. We're having it with family. We're having the encounter with Jesus with family. And, and I think if we're honest, most of us would probably say my comfort zone is to have an encounter with Jesus alone in the closet. Alone in the prayer closet. I, I need to go and be alone with Jesus. Sometimes it's alone in a crowded room. You know, I want to encounter Jesus right here. And, and we just aren't as comfortable. Probably most of us have had some kind of an encounter with Jesus with others. But I'm talking about that face-to-face Jesus is in the room. I'm feeling him like I feel him in my prayer closet. And you're right here, and we're talking, and we're engaged, and, and Jesus is in the room. 
And, and the reality is, guys, we, we will go to another level of encounter with Jesus when we do it with other people. I don't know if you believe me. We will go to another level when we encounter Jesus with others. A, a lot of us think that we have, to, we have to leave the table and go be alone with God so that we can encounter Jesus. But we don't. We will encounter him at a higher level. Just a couple of quick stories. Um, when I was, uh, when Kim and I were in college, we, um, we were at a, a Christian university that had a, a praise band. We, had, we sang in chapel. And Kim and I were getting ready to lead, start leading that praise band and lead worship in chapel. And so we were kind of prepping for that. And so we had, uh, we had several nights where we were meeting together and praying together. And one night, we were up really late, like 2 o'clock in the morning. I don't know how, how late it was. She'll correct me later. Um, we were up super late. And, and we're, we're sitting there in the student center, and, and we're praying. And suddenly, we realize there's not just two of us in the room. Like, Jesus is really here. It's like, I'm talking, Jesus is talking, Kim is talking. We're having a three-way conversation, like, at a level I'd never experienced before. It was so powerful, so beautiful. Probably why we ended up getting married. I don't know. I mean, it was such an amazing encounter. It's, it's the encounter when, when people are like, tell me about an encounter with Jesus you had. That's the one I usually bring up. And it's, it's not necessarily because it was so, so powerful with with the Lord it was, but it's because it's unfamiliar too, you know, that to have that encounter with somebody else um, at that level. And so um, another, another experience that I had, I was, I went out camping with a couple of guys and we were sitting around the fire. We were um, cooking and, and just talking about encounter with Jesus, talking about, um, and, and we, I think we started just saying some what if questions, like what if, what if Jesus just like came out of the woods right now, and like sat down and ate fish with us, you know, like what if he just, what if he just manifested physically, and we just kept talking about it to the point where we're like, almost like the fear of the Lord, you know, <laughs> like guys, he literally could do that right now, he literally could do that, and we're like, God. And, and, and it wasn't just he could, but he is here. Like, we felt him. We felt his presence. And it was so good. And, and I want to say, I would not have gotten there by myself. I would have not have had gotten to that place of encounter with Jesus on my own. It, I needed other people to step into the fullness of the encounter that we got to, got to experience that day, that night. Was so good, so good. Awesome. Well, this is this is good. We have a little bit of time. I wanted to um, have a little bit of a response time, a little bit of, of of time of just reflection and just engaging with the Lord. Um, I don't know, Mark. Could you get on the keys, just to kind of, uh, or whoever? He's here. Um. So. I just want us to, to, to just, there's a, a few questions I have. It's not too small, I don't think. Um, a few questions that I, I want us to consider. 
as, as we kind of wrap this up, um, this first one, name five or six people that you consider family. Um, I just want you to, to take some time to, to listen to the Lord. Oh, and let me say this too. This is something that I think would be really good to actually engage with your family about. Like, have this conversation with family later on this week. Um, <clears throat> but just contemplating right now, naming five or six people that you consider family. It's important that we know who those people are. And if, if there's only like one or two people that are coming to your mind, that's, that's okay. That's why we're having this conversation. If, if there's only one or two people coming to mind, then it, it may be the Lord's giving you the opportunity to become an inviter, to extend an invitation. He probably wants to talk to you about how amazing you are and what you have within you to offer. What you have to offer in, in that invitation for someone to come and sit at the table with you. It may be that those five or six people are, are people in your family. I was, we were talking <clears throat> on Friday as a family and my daughter Abby was just saying, um, we, we were talking about like, who do, who do you want to connect with more this, this year? And she was like, well, actually you guys. Like it's, it's family that I want to connect with. She's like, I've, as I was thinking about it, it kind of felt like cheating. <laughs> and I just want to say that's okay. That's valid to connect with your family. It's, that's good. It's a good thing. Um, but just, just to not limit it to that, not feel limited by that. And then which of the three areas that we discussed today, do you, do you need to grow in the most? Is it the area of belonging? And as you think about it, think, think about it from the inviter, from the inviter role, not from the invitee role. Don't think about it so much of, yeah, I wish I had a place to belong. But think about it from the place of, how can I create a space of belonging for other people? Because guys, we are all, we all have something to offer. We all have something to give. How can I create a space of encounter for other people at the table? How does the Lord want to grow me in that? Who am I inviting into a, a greater place of discipleship? And kind of as, as we've been talking, just more, more specifically, who is someone that you want to be more connected with this year? Who are you inviting to the table? So Lord, we just engage with you right now together. Lord, we just say that we, we want to come to the table regularly. We want to come to the family table that you have prepared for us. You say you invite the lonely, you place the lonely into families. I believe that's a promise to us, Lord. 
And for those in the room who, who don't feel like they have family right now, they can't name five or six people that are, that are family to them, Lord. We, we just declare that as a promise that you have given to the lonely, that you set the lonely into families. We thank you for that, Lord. We say yes to that. For those of us who, who need to step into a more regular place of sitting at the table, of staying at the table, Lord, we ask that you'd quiet our hearts this week and draw us, draw us to the table this week. We submit our, our lives and our hearts to you. I just believe the enemy has come against the family table. And so right now we submit to God, we resist the devil, and we declare he will flee from us. For this body, for this time, I believe, Lord, that you are establishing afresh, a Lord, the family table, the dinner table for all of us. We say yes. Let's say yes to the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Mm. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to invite you guys to continue this conversation with family. Continue this conversation with family. And, and I want to use this opportunity, too, to, to just say table groups are a place that you can begin. I'm not saying that that's always, you know, when you've got 50 people in a table group, that's a pretty big, crazy family, isn't it? But family can grow out of that. If that's something that you're needing, I would encourage you. And you can, you can email me this week. Um, some emailed me this past week, which I need to get back to one or two of you. I apologize for that. Um, but I, I want you guys to just reach out and say, I want to get plugged into a table group. Jason at convergencechurch.com. Email me this week, and, and I will help you get plugged in. We'll do what we can to get you plugged into a table group. Um, I'd love to have some of our table group pastors to come up to the front, some of our staff to come up to the front. And um, I just feel like there's going to be some, some people who, who need to, to talk through some of this and to receive some ministry. And, and as we do, what I feel like, and I, and I want to encourage table group pastors, and um, you guys can come on up to the front, by the way, um, elders. Um, as we engage together, I want to encourage table group pastors and staff to, to be bold and ask the question, who are you inviting to the table? Because I think a lot of times during ministry time, it's easy to, to come up and, and say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting. And that's, and that's, that's okay. We need that place of, of, of comfort and safety.
But I feel like this morning, it's, it's a time of saying, hey, who are you inviting to the table? Who are you engaging with? And we've got a lot of people up here in the front ready to listen and ready to engage with you. So I would, I would say take this opportunity to, to come forward. Let's all stand. And just as I'm praying, feel free to come on forward. Lord, we, we thank you, God. We thank you for a place at the table. We thank you for a place at the table, Lord. And I, I just ask that you would give courage to each person in the room to engage, to engage. If there's any thoughts today of my life is too hard, my life is too difficult, I just want to say to you, you need family. And you can find family here. If you say, I don't even know how to connect. Come on. Come on forward. Like there's an empowerment that can happen. There's an empowerment that can happen. go ahead and dismiss us, but I, I think it's a, I just want to encourage everybody who's up here at the front to stay up at the front. I think it's going to be a kind of a, a filtering forward as we, as we release you guys. I know we need to, uh, parents need to get to, to kids and all of that. Hey, I bless you guys. I bless you to, to engage in a more full way than you ever have this week. I bless you to make the connections with family that you've, you've not ever made before. It's going to be a great week. Amen? Amen. Amen. Bless you guys.